Hey fellow murder peeps, I'm Sarah. And I'm Anthony. Welcome to Bonding Over Murder, the show where I tell Anthony true crime stories he's never heard of before. Yes. <laughs> That's it? That's, That's all you it. have to say? Yep. Alright. Uh, so, this is an exciting week for us, because as we're recording this, like, once you hear it, we will be in Canmore celebrating our anniversary. Yeah, 13 years together. Yep, 13 years. So, it'll be an exciting time, I think. Where did the time go? You know, my hairline hasn't receded at all. No, no, it's, no, it's true. It's still good. It's true. Yeah, hairline for days, people. <laughs> Although the belly a little bit. Yeah. yeah. When we first started dating, I was 150 pounds. Now I am 200. Well, like 193. No, 193. You 193. lost 193. weight. Yeah, yeah. You lost, lost weight. weight. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> uh, got a case you want us to cover? Email us at bondingovermurder at gmail.com. We have the charming shape of a brick, in case you wonder. A very pretty brick. A very pretty brick. Like, if you were to <laughs> slap Frodo's uh, wig on a brick, that'd be me. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Just how I like him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pretty sure this is bonding over murder, not bonding over Frodo. <laughs> we can we can do both. Okay, we're going to bond over Frodo and murder. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about an Australian cult called The Family. So there's more than one cult called The Family. I found that interesting. Because Charles Manson's was also oh. called the family. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's not that family. No, it's no, an Australia is, one. I feel, okay. So this isn't like a branch of that family. No. This no. Is, this is somebody completely different. Was but, this after the Charles Manson family or before? Um. Like, are these guys just like super copycats? I think it's around the same time, and no, not even close. They're they're completely different. Okay. Um. Just kind of a funny coincidence with the name. Uh, and this episode, I let Anthony choose the episode, or the country again, so... so I went with Australia. Yes. Yeah. Land down under. Yes. Dingoes. <laughs> such. <laughs> such. Okay. Uh, so, the family was led by an insane woman who believed she was the reincarnation of Jesus, but in female form, and illegally adopted a bunch of children to create a master race. Sounds legit. Was she the uh, reincarnation of Jesus? She says she is. But was she? How am I supposed to know that? <laughs> well, I thought maybe you did some research. It turns out, no, she wasn't. <laughs> How can you do research if somebody's God, like Jesus Christ? I don't know. Test her with some miracles. She She's dead miracles? now. Okay, so she didn't walk on water. No, she died. Oh. Did she come back again after three days? No. Okay, probably wasn't the reincarnation. Yeah, there you no. go. Okay. There you go. We solved this one, folks. <laughs> That's it. That's the episode. So thanks for watching. <laughs> Uh, so just so you know, there's some child abuse, not sexual, just, you know, like, no. um, other, okay, but I'll just that I'll let you guys know. Be sure to put the jokes on hold at that point. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into it. Yeah. Born on December 31st, 1921, Evelyn Grace Victoria Edwards, who, uh, will be forward known as Anne Hamilton Byrne. So, she changed her name a lot. Okay. Uh, she's born in the town of Sale, Australia, which is two hours and 46 minutes away from Melbourne, Australia. Cool. She was the oldest of seven children and spent a lot of her time taking care of her youngest siblings. Uh, her father fought in World War One and worked as an engine cleaner. Oh, cool. Like, you was an engine cleaner in World War One? No, oh. that's just what he, he did when he got back. Fun. 
so Anne's parents had a troubled marriage since her father, Ralph, had accumulated massive debts and her mother, Florence, was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. And he probably also had some serious PTSD from World War One. I. I mean, he yep. can't have been a yep. ton of fun. Yeah, no, that's yeah. I wouldn't want to go through World so War One. Schizophrenic mother in debt and PTSD little uh, <laughs> PTSD riddled father. Yes, in 1921, when there is no mental health help. You've always got those dingoes, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you do. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Anyways, moving uh, on. She also claimed to be a psychic medium who could communicate with the dead. Her mother did. Ah. Uh, Ralph would leave the family for long periods of time to avoid debt collectors. And oh, so- <laughs> that's yep. all you have to do? <laughs> Just be out of town when the debt collectors come by? <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure how that works. Well, we got to get us some debt. That's not a hard strategy. <laughs> yeah, this is like the 1920s so ah. it's a little different world you could just drop off the face of the earth I like see. you can't really do that now Anne spent a lot of her time taking care of her younger siblings as i mentioned uh but she was still able to start school in 1929 uh ah, good she for her. Be- yeah yeah good for her uh she became a mother figure for her youngest siblings uh that suffered from poverty family instability and parental abandonment yeah fair enough yeah, i yeah. mean yeah we've already talked about the pre-existing conditions mm-hmm. here Exactly. So they had their big sis to rely on. Is that what you're saying? Essentially. But uh, allegedly, they also stayed at the old Brighton orphanage uh, because their parents were constantly MIA. Yeah. Um, Pretty tragic situation to grow up in. But one of them became Jesus. So, I mean, (laughs) talk about a success story. Allegedly. (laughs) One of them allegedly became Jesus. And some people believed her. They sure did. (laughs) They sure did. I love cult episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like, I don't, this this one's weird. Like, it's really weird. Is it any weirder than the cult you made in your game you're playing online? Oh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm playing a game called Honey, I Joined a Cult. It's like one of those kind of old pixely game type of design. It's really fun when your uh, cult people don't go fucking crazy <laughs> yeah you get to it's basically cult tycoon it looks it's really funny when you're playing it you made a cult of woofus right you made a cult yeah, after so our, dog. Our, our dog uh his nickname is woofus so i uh made it the woofus dynasty and the leader is called the grand woofus <laughs> and they're all called woofians oh, i love cult episodes i'm just gonna say it again <laughs> all right so let's carry on with the story uh so in 1941 she changed her name to Anne hamilton uh, around this time, she also started continually lying about her upbringing. Okay. So she claimed that her father was an inventor and close friends with T.E. Lawrence, which w- apparently was a British archaeologist. Okay. Uh, she also told people that her mother descended from French royalty and had psychic powers and was also a student of a spiritual teacher. Well, she did claim she had psychic powers. So. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. But yeah, it's uh, I'm not sure, you know, the method to the madness here, but I'm not surprised pathological lying became kind of like a defense mechanism for this poor girl. Yeah, you, know? you won't call her a poor girl later. So, yeah, so okay, but hey, I, that, I, I have the luxury of feeling bad for her right now. You know no, what no, I mean? It's true. Like, I don't it's know. True. This is the same thing. I don't know the whole story. So at the moment, I feel bad for her. And we'll leave it at that because you will not like her later. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I ever get from you before we do an episode is like what the person looks like. So I've got like 70s Paris Hilton. 
Seventies human Barbie is kind of what I put her as. With giant sunglasses and bleach blonde hair and which is a wig. Ah. Anyways, it's a, it's a wig. Okay. We'll get into that. So this poor, sad, lonely, pathologically lying girl who may or may not be Jesus. Continue on. So um, she also lied about attending a state-run school and, you know, constantly told people that she went to a grammar school, which, as we covered in the Harold Shipman episode, uh, is basically just a more prestigious, like, uh, elementary <laughs> school that you have to test to get into. And I learned you... nothing because I was legit about to ask what the hell is a grammar school again. Yeah, we, co- <laughs> we covered that in Harold Shipman. Uh, it was basically, it's a private school. Um, so if your kid tests, you know, well, they can get into it and, uh, like families that couldn't afford like actual, like fancy private schools would try to get their kids into the grammar school. So it was like, you know, a a step above a state run school. Yeah. Okay. We don't really have anything like that here. So in 1941, she also married her first husband, Don Harris, who was, um, an officer with the Royal Australian Air Force. Cool. And the couple had a child together. Uh, that will be her only child. Okay. And um, she doesn't really come back later in this episode. So. Okay. Moving on. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she had a child and it evaporated. Yes. Okay. Uh, they had also been approved for adoption from the ch- uh, from a children's charity. But when Don died in 1955, Anne was denied, uh, you know, uh, wow. from the charity and could no longer adopt a child. That's harsh. That's really harsh. Can you imagine yeah. losing your husband? I'm still going to feel bad for this woman for now. Losing your husband and then losing the child you wanted to adopt? Like, I mean, that's yeah. that's like a proverbial miscarriage, you know, being denied the child you wanted to adopt because your husband and partner died? That's. I mean, I understand their logic because they want, you know, enough support for the child, but that's well, rough. Well, this is the 50s. So, like, it's being a, a single parent, you know, was a, not yeah. I ideal don't stop me from feeling bad for her right now i'm on team i feel bad for her well allow me to uh start the (laughs) other train going okay uh so after his death Anne decided to become a yoga instructor in melbourne because everyone decides to go to yoga for some reason i mean okay do i hate yoga no i I don't know why (laughs) like yoga keeps getting these crazy people that like try to teach it but either way, after learning yoga for only three months, Anne was kicked out of the school after she put a spell on another student. Oh, no. What spell was that? I don't know. <laughs> you are cursed to not do yoga properly for your Petrificus totalis. What does that mean? I think she makes her rigid and she just falls over like a board. Oh. Yeah. I believe Malfoy put it on Neville. Oh. Yes. Anyways. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, by the early 1960s, Anne was well-educated in theology I don't know what this is. Anthroposophy. Anthroposophy. I'm going to. Anthro. So like the, the study of humans, but posophy. I have no I idea. I don't what know that what that means. Anyway, that's what the research said. So I'm going to go with it. Okay. <laughs> and the works of several different spiritual teachers. Anne was known to constantly change her name, age, and appearance. She would get multiple facelifts, liposuction treatments, and wore blonde wigs to make herself look 10 to 15 years younger. Oh, Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so that's why I said she's like Barbie. She's she's plastic. Oh, okay. She's all plastic. Uh, After getting kicked out, Anne started teaching Hatha yoga, uh, which is just a form of yoga, uh, in the town of Torak, which is two and a half hours away from Sale. (laughs) 
Most of her clients were wealthy middle-aged women who felt unfulfilled. <laughs> wealthy middle-aged women with nothing better to spend their money on. Yes, that, uh, that was the... her main client base. Once again, we're safe from this cult. Because <laughs> <laughs> we are not wealthy and I am not middle-aged. I mean, you're getting, I get, there. I'm get, yeah, you're getting there. I'm getting there, but, you know, I'm not quite That's there. Awful. Well... I'm I'm only thirty, so most people would be like, "Oh, you're not. You're fine. You're young. Yeah, you're as young and sprightly as the day I met you, darling. The collagen in your cheeks is still at full force. It's well, thank you. Delightful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I don't. <laughs> well, either way. Yeah. <laughs> um, over time, and eventually started adding spiritual teachings to her yoga lessons because why not? Yep. Uh, she blended Hindu and Christianity together with the occults. And would consult with astrologers and Ouija boards. Okay. So, still, still not hating the lady. So she just blended a bunch of religions together, essentially, and be- made it her teachings. Yeah, as one is wont to do. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you make a cult. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in the 60s, counterculture in Australia wasn't as big as in the UK or the US. But many, many people were still looking for things different from the norm. So if you remember cal- counterculture from Children of God... This is around the same time where people were going away from the social norms of, like, right. you know, Christianity. Would that kind of be like a 70s version of a hipster? Because a hipster kind of goes against the mainstream I on everything. Yes, I don't really know. You know, listen to everything on vinyl and just, like, do things that no one else does and watch movies no one else likes. It's more so people just wanted to get away from, like, the conventionality of, yeah. you know, being, you know... You get married, you have kids, you go to church, you know, and that's all you do. People wanted a difference, you know. Yeah, you need a break from that super exciting lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) Kids work in church. (laughs) My God, all that in one life. Well, I'm just saying that was like the (laughs) conventional, what you were kind of expected to do, I think. So people wanted different options and wanted to kind of be liberated from that kind of life or whatnot. I'm not the expert in counterculture. That's just kind of the gist. I'm just going to go ahead and say they were 70s hipsters. You do that. <laughs> uh, so Sounds Anne- so much better on vinyl. <laughs> Anne's teaching spoke to a lot of people and drew in uh, mostly intelligent middle class people. No. Oh. Yeah. So she got a lot of um, intelligent people in her, like, and high ranking people. Not high ranking, but like high, high professions. Yeah. High ranking professions. Um, Anne would eventually start dating a man named Michael Riley, who was a gardener at the University of Melbourne. Through this connection, on December 22nd, 1962, Anne met a man named Dr. Rainer Johnson. He was a distinguished man at the University of Melbourne and would become Anne's right-hand man. Okay. Uh, He started out by studying science, but would later move his interest to the paranormal. Okay. Johnson wrote multiple books on the paranormal, like the Imprisoned Splendor, Nursings of Immortality, and Watchers on the Hills. Cool. I mean, I don't know anything about the uh, paranormal, but it all sounds pretty interesting. Or the, of the Nursings of Immortality. Ooh. <laughs> I want to suckle that bottle. Mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like that, that's okay. I, I don't need that in my life. I'm good. I'm good. I need more suckling. Ah, stop it. Uh, he eventually became the leading authority on the subject as his books were widely read across the UK. Okay. 
so when the two met, Anne told Johnson that he ha- she had a vision about a trip that he and his wife were about to take to India in the summer of 1963. She told him that his wife was going to become very ill on this trip. Okay. Uh, so the couple went anyway, uh, but Johnson's wife did actually get sick. She became severely ill while they were traveling. Well, they should have sacrificed a white ram. I mean, <laughs> that's just your go-to. You predict illness, sacrifice a white ram. I mean, you gotta sacrifice a goat. <laughs> I was actually thinking you could just light a Dodge ram on fire. Oh, <laughs> in the... today's modern age, you could just burn a white ram. <laughs> were Dodge rams around in the sixties? I think so. Like, I'm not, I don't actually know. Um, I'll Google it after this. <laughs> <laughs> we're genuinely curious now. Uh, so, Johnson took this as proof that Anne's vision was legitimate. Cool. So in 1963, the family was born when the Johnsons committed to Anne's teachings. During their initiation ritual, Johnson, his wife, his daughter, and four other people all took hallucinogenic mushrooms and declared that Anne was Jesus Christ reborn. Wow. Also, no, uh, the Dodge Ram was came out in 1981. That makes so, more sense. Yeah, no, they couldn't have sacrificed that particular type of white ram. Either way, should have sacrificed a white ram to the heathen gods, you would have been fine. Yeah. 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 Uh, they became the first members and at the time the group was named the Great White Brotherhood (laughs) oh that sounds like a very multicultural group (laughs) I know you're gonna enjoy that yeah no they they sound enlightened (laughs) as fuck (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. oh my goodness the Great White Brotherhood I'd stay very I'd be like nope 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 Anyone that says that they are Jesus reincarnated, like I said, and gave, the advice I gave you in Order of the Solar Temple applies here. Fucking run. <laughs> run away. If somebody says they're Jesus, they're not Jesus. That can't happen. Go away. It's all a scam. It's all a scam. Like all of it. Just run. Um, so the family grew because Johnson would introduce Anne to his friends and associates. Most of them had very successful careers in multiple different fields, such as lawyers, doctors, teachers, and psychiatrists. Cool. During every member's initiation ritual, they were all given copious amounts of LSD. Uh, This ritual was known as going through. Oh, going through. Very fancy. The veil of sanity into the LSD world. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what the big deal is about lsd like why is it you know you're, you're asking the wrong guy i know yeah i know we're not you know I'm, I'm drinking a hot mug of tea right now and i plan on going to bed after this so yeah, no, no, that's, that's not exactly fair. opening yep. my third eye with lsd <laughs> <laughs> uh so it became easier for the family to acquire lsd when a man named howard Whitaker joined the group in 1965 Cool. He was a psychiatrist that practiced at a private clinic named New Haven, where he administered LSD to patients to observe the effects before he tried it himself. Oh, sounds legit. Yeah. Uh, this private clinic would also be a source for new members, um, and also where they would acquire the children later. Hmm. Uh, so two other psychiatrists that worked with him joined the group, including Joy Villamec, who owned the clinic. These don't sound like the best psychiatrists. One guy was testing, so. he was experimenting on his clients like they were hamsters. <laughs> it's just like, so how does this LSD feel? Huh, I might want to try the other stuff. Yeah, let's see how it works, you know? Yeah. <laughs> how uh, you feeling there, Jim Bob? <laughs> Jimmy Bob Bob. <laughs> I can't see my fucking toes. 
It's black. I can it's touch black. You. I can touch you. <laughs> Uh, uh, Don Hertzfeld. Yeah, Don Hertzfeld. Uh, so in 1968, uh, she met her first husband, or first husband, her third husband, Bill Byrne, at New Haven, where his son was getting treatment for drug problems. Cool. Uh, he was still married. I mean, not cool, but yeah. yeah. He was still married to another woman who also was getting treated at New Haven, but they divorced shortly after. Ah. Uh, in 1969, Villamek died, and the clinic passed to a nonprofit tax exempt foundation with Anne becoming the joint trustee and executor oh boy she's getting her some power oh yeah oh yeah yeah she gets you know she gets lots of stuff as the group continued to grow they started buying multiple properties in the Dandenong ranges which is a mountain range an hour away from Melbourne okay uh you know for seclusion and to do their cult things away from prying nothing more secluded than a place in the mountains yeah yeah yeah, as as we can attest yep. yep Uh, The group had multiple properties in the Melbourne region, as well as in the UK and the US. Anne had roughly $150 million in just real estate. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. uh, She's raking in the dough. Uh, Anne would target people in the medical field so she could have a steady supply of drugs that were used during the ceremonies. LSD was praised by the group and magic mushrooms were considered sacred manna. I mean, all right. (laughs) I mean, worse things have happened so far. I, I know they're probably going to get darker, but really, they just seem like a bunch of mushroom-toting uh, hipsters at the moment. So, yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you do you guys. I mean, yeah, they're still weird. <laughs> Take a bunch of mushrooms. Gryffindor! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, she made her followers believe that humanity was on its last final uh, karmic cycle. Oh, yeah, I see there. Yep. Now we now start to get into, into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, it's we never do. good. It's never good when you preach. It's all over. And they always do. Cults <laughs> are either sex, religion, or the end of the world, or all three. You know, like you know, they're they're all predictable. Why can't it just be sex? Why can't it ever just be a humping cult? <laughs> well, I guess because was... then it's an orgy and everyone goes home happy. So, <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about consensual, like yeah, sex? yeah, consensual. Like everyone's just here for some sex. <laughs> But I suppose that's an orgy. So yes, that, that is not. <laughs> and a that's cult. why we don't hear about them. <laughs> because it's all consensual. If it was all consensual, I wouldn't be here right now talking about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So after that, there would be no reincarnation. Is what they believed. Oh. Uh, so they believe that Christ of this age was in female form, as I mentioned, and that was Anne. I mean, it's a little more open-minded. I still don't trust the white brotherhood, but... The great white brotherhood. The great white brotherhood. <laughs> it's like a shark. Yeah, except awful. <laughs> <laughs> the sharks are like, don't tie us in with this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be part of this. Get out of here. I just here. want to chomp seals in half. What are you bothering me for? <laughs> uh she would erase their sins and absolve their karmic debt because she was Jesus. Oh. And that was her power. How does one get karmic debt? I have no idea. I will gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. I don't think that's karmic <laughs> debt. Yeah. It's like, all right, but you owe me some karmic debt. Yeah, I don't, don't think that's how that works. I think it is because if no. you just stole a cheeseburger, then you owe karma for, you owe bad karma for that cheeseburger later. I Yes. Yeah, that's how it works. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, Anne was called the master and claims to have manifested uh, to de- to have devised a plan to save her followers from the end. So okay. she's like, I have been reincarnated as Jesus in this life. 
So that way I can tell you how to help, like how to save yourselves from the end. So just me or does it smell like Kool-Aid in here? Yeah. But, you know, not <laughs> really? Yeah, there's Kool-Aid coming. I don't coming. really think anyone dies. Oh, okay. There's no Kool-Aid. I mean, of like murder. People die, it's just, you know, like and there's abuse, but I don't I don't think people die from being murdered. Weird. That I could find. All right, well, carry now on. That I think about now it. that you've spoiled it, let's keep going. Um, they believed that they would adopt children and raise them in quote as perfect conditions as could be provided, unquote. Uh-oh. And these children would become spiritually enlightened beings that would assume leadership in the post-apocalyptic world. Ah. Yeah. That's Interesting. The children in the now, most cults don't go that direction where it's like, oh, we got to prepare for the apocalypse. And then like, we're going to be here after the apocalypse. The children are going to be here after the apocalypse and lead the new way. Huh. Yeah. 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 So weird. They're still not the worst so far. I mean, they're getting to the point where I'm like... Yeah. I don't trust you, foos, but I yeah, mean, you shouldn't trust him. But we're still at the point where I feel bad for her, and they're not that bad. So far, they're just <laughs> mushroom goblin hipsters. Wait until I get to the kids' schedule that they had to keep. Yeah. My God, that that is just freaking kill me now. If that oh boy. Me. Either way, um, the family's motto was unseen, unheard, unknown, as being a member was a secret and considered being in an elite. But yeah, I mean, Which that's is how a lot of cults do. Yeah, it, that's how like, they lure you in. You, yeah. you think you've got this special privilege to be here. Exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty, pretty cult 101, yep. I think. Yep. Um, and would compliment her followers in her sermons and make them feel like they were on a noble path. <laughs> the number of members kept growing as Johnson and Whitaker kept introducing Anne to affluent people. More than 500 members were part of the family at, at its peak. Well, how many? More than 500. I'm sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> Over 500. It's a lot of dudes. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of dudes. And children. Um, This is before. Or yeah, I guess that would be the children too. Yeah. Um, so Anne controlled many aspects of their followers' lives, including rearranging their marital and family relationships. So basically ah. be like, okay, hey, you're married to this person now and you're swapping. You're swapping <laughs> spouses and that's your spouse now. You know, this is your family. You are hers and she is his and he is yours and yours. <laughs> it's going to take them years to figure this one out. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. Kind of, just but with, with people's relationships. Nice. <laughs> Apparently some people were fine with it because they didn't like their spouse. So they're like, cool, this arrangement works for me. <laughs> Great. I'm playing musical spouses. Essentially. That is an orgy. And in family relationships, she would constantly uh, change like uh, you know, rearrange the kids, be like, okay, you two are twins now. Oh. And then, like, a few weeks later, be like, okay, this, you're, you were part of this twin, now you're gonna be part of this triplet. You're a triplet now. What happens is she's like, now you are conjoined twins. <laughs> Didn't happen, so I don't know. <laughs> Start hugging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Sounds yeah. like someone worth following. Oh, no, she's, she's a... <laughs> she's batshit nutty. Yeah. She's batshit nutty. Just, again, wait until we get to the schedule. Nuttier than squirrel poop. Yes. Yes. Uh, she began to adopt children in 1969. <laughs> uh, so a little context. In the 1950s to 1980s, it was relatively easy to adopt a child from a young, unmarried mother. It was also difficult for those mothers to get counseling or know what their legal rights were. Wow. When mental health and substance abuse problems were labeled, uh, you know, women were labeled as unfit and it was nearly impossible for them to keep their babies. Wow. 
So on top of how easy it was to adopt children at this time, Anne illegally faked birth certificates to obtain the children from these women. Wow. In a total, she adopted 28 children. Ugh. 14 of them shared the last name Hamilton Byrne. The other 14 children were from members of the cult that would give Anne their children to raise. Wow. Yeah. I know I've said that a lot, but yeah. Ye. Yeah. Uh, the children believed that Anne and her husband Bill were their biological parents. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, so Anne didn't take care of the children personally. Instead, of, instead, a group of three women called the aunties were in charge of their care. Oh. So based on Anne's rules, the children had a very strict routine. Now we're going to get into the routine. Okay. It's, um... Buckle up. Yeah. Uh, every day was the same and never varied. So, we're starting at the beginning. At 6 a.m., beds were made, and the boys would shower on alternate days of the girls. Not really sure why, but that was the rule. Uh, making beds was followed by an hour of meditation, then 15 minutes of listening to recordings of Anne's sermons. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm not even close to being done yet. I mean, not, so far it sounds like a Sunday morning for me growing up, but I mean. <laughs> you did an hour of praying? Uh, in church on oh, Sundays. Yeah. Oh, right. And then I was in church every other was, day for half an hour. Yeah, but this was every single day. You, yeah, no, you know. I know. Yeah. Um, after this was done, they would have another 15 minutes of mantra chanting. Oi. And then 15 minutes of more meditation. <laughs> <laughs> so... This whole schedule, my ADHD brain was like, yeah. oh my God, yeah. I would be like punished all the time because I could, I would not be able to sit still. I would like, be I just, a little no. ball of twitchy, quivering energy. Yes. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. Bored yeah. out of my mind. Yeah. Um, they would finish the, the morning by cleaning the schoolroom. Uh, so two hours after waking up, the kids would finally get breakfast of just fruit. Oh. That's all they got. Just fruit. Lame. Yeah, it is lame. Uh, after breakfast, they were required to do three hours of schoolwork, followed by a small break. Once the break was over, it was another hour of meditation, or they could play a game Anne invented called Spaceball, which I could not find what Spaceball is. Sounds like fun. But it probably was more meditation, oh. just with a ball. <laughs> I was thinking it was a, a ball and in a large space. Yeah, but it's in replacement of the meditation, so it has to be... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so for lunch, they had steamed vegetables and more fruit. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> if that wasn't enough, they had to do another three hours of schoolwork. Oh, God. After another, and then after another small break, they were able to pack up for the day. <laughs> but that's not the end of the day. That's just the end of the school day. <laughs> Uh, between 5 to 9 p.m., the children would meditate for three more hours. Uh... <laughs> then they would have another vegetarian meal, read spiritual texts, and do more homework before going to bed. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, if that's all you ever knew, it wouldn't be that bad, I maybe, but, but how the heck do you get children to meditate? Well, especially me. Now that I know I have ADHD, that would have been like impossible i can't even do like five minutes of meditation let alone like however many hours that adds up to in a day and you're a grown woman a lot calmer than you know we would have been as kids yeah 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 um the children were also forbidden from contacting the outside world which is kind of obvious so Anne bought them an official school in 1971 where they would reside and do their crazy ass schedule yep so every aspect of their life was controlled, just like most cults. Yep. 
and dressed them in identical outfits and bleached oh. a few of the children's hairs blonde. Yeah, it's just starting to erase their individualities. So as far as I understand, the children that got their hair bleached blonde were the ones that they that she adopted illegally from those un yeah those mothers that were considered unfit. The ones that were given by members, I believe, did not have their hair right. Bleached so blonde. the ones, yeah, the ones she claims are legit her children. The ones that had yeah. her last name, yeah, 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 yeah. But like that's that's the cult thing. They 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 get rid of your own individuality and you embrace the the unity of the cult and everyone yeah. has a, a shared identity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, she would change their names and birth yeah. certificates all the time. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, and believe that childhood stuff suffering was essential to clearing the sins from your past life. Uh, so again, I don't great. know how you accumulate sins from your past life, but you know, like. Well, it's they, all a manipulation, so it really doesn't matter, I guess. Stole a bunch of cheeseburgers in the past life, you see. <laughs> I would gladly pay you next life for a hamburger today. <laughs> uh, there were reports of the children getting um, beaten, doused in cold water, Ooh. and made to sleep outside. Okay, now I hate them. Yeah. Yeah. All these punishments were for small things like wetting the bed and speaking out of turn. Oh, so Anne also tried to control their behavior by giving them drugs like Mogadon, which treats sleeping disorders, Serapax, which treats anxiety disorders, insomnia, and alcohol withdrawal symptoms, and we all know what Valium does, yeah. so they also use that. Uh, the diet of the children was also closely followed, and if a child was thought to be overweight, they would be put on an imposed in uh, an imposed anorexia. Oh. So they just starved called. them? Uh, they uh, would get their rations cut right so but of anorexia their fruit and so their not, vegetables. not eating yeah yeah uh some girls would even make themselves throw up on weigh-in days to make it appear like they weighed less oh wow yeah and like i said they would also ch- uh and would also change their names and birth dates and would do the same for other members Ugh, and they have no idea that this is not normal yeah they think this is yeah. the normal world because they were they don't know any anything wow else. Uh, Johnson's daughter had her name changed to Anne Hamilton Byrne so she could sign fake documents as Anne herself. Oh, great. And then when the children would reach the age of 14, they became old enough to have their LSD initiation. Oh, that's a kind of a fun initiation. <laughs> so they would be given huge amounts of LSD for weeks at a time in, in these rituals. So did this cult go on long enough for kids to live 14 years in this? Um... I think she got kids from varying ages. Right. I'm just wondering how long this cult went on. Like if a kid could, do, if it was around um, long enough for a kid to do the whole process. I'm going to say 1962 to 1987. And oh, okay. then they started adopting the kids in 1969. Okay. So, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. Um, so this I thought was really kind of weird. She was known, Anne was known to wear maternity clothes well after menopause and even having a hysterectomy in the mid-1970s. Oh. Like, why are you wearing, you are a stick Barbie. Why are you wearing maternity clothes? (laughs) Like, you know, when you can't even get pregnant because your uterus isn't there and also menopause. Like, I I revert to the point where I said she was as nutty as squirrel poop. She is nutty as squirrel poop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that explains that question. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
most of the money given to Anne by her followers went to her getting more plastic surgery and becoming more like Plastic Barbie. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> for Plastic Barbie. Money well spent. <laughs> Let's get our cult leader looking young and fit again. Oh, God. Uh, so in 1987, one of her children named Sarah, uh, who was 17 at the time, rebelled against Anne and was cast out of the cult. Oh, lucky Sarah. Yeah. Uh, she was told to die in a gutter. And when she left, Sarah went to the police uh, to report child abuse. So Sarah knew enough of the outside world to to know about the police. Yeah. Uh, so 1987 was a busy year. Also 1987, Johnson died uh, at Upper Fern Tree Gully, which is 49 minutes away from Melbourne. So oh. he was, you know, doing something. I don't know. But he, he died. And then two months later... Uh, the police raided the property where the children were on August 14th, 1987. Okay, right. So they took all the children into custody. Police were already aware of the cults and had been monitoring it. So they already knew yeah. about the family. 14 of the children that were adopted got reunited with their parents or were adopted to other families. Oh, wow. Just get me away from the meditation room. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anything. Like anything, right? Like a cheeseburger and some video games, please. <laughs> <laughs> they have the cheeseburger for the first time it's like oh my god yeah. i am never eating fruit again yeah because <laughs> it's just i when i read the schedule it's like oh my oh, god i i'm worst. so sorry like for but, people that are like these kids are still alive they're fully grown adults yeah, but now we know how they were sitting through meditation with the help of good old uncle valium why <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so police began Operation Forest to dismantle the cult and find Anne and Bill who had fled the country. Ah, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> well, they're kind of, uh, I think they were, you know, they were like, oh shit, something's going down, like we gotta get out of here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> as cult leaders do. Yep, yeah, exactly. The level got too high. <laughs> Bye. Uh, so they were staying at one of their properties in New York. <laughs> Great. So the UK and the FBI partnered with the Australian police to help extradite the couple back to Australia. Uh, so the couple were charged with conspiracy to defraud and commit perjury by falsely registering the births of three unrelated children as her own triplets. Wow. Yeah. Uh, an arrest warrant was put out, and in 1993, the couple were like was finally caught and brought back to Melbourne. <laughs> Suck it. Uh, you'll be mad in a second. No. Because both Anne and Bill only had minor offenses on their records, and along with their age being seventy-two, they were only fined five. Seventy-two. <laughs> they were only fined five thousand dollars each for the charges. Wow. They're multi-millionaires. Oh. Yeah, like I said, you'll be mad. Uh, I was kind of mad. Gross. That's the worst. Yeah. Uh, police were also unable to prosecute any family members for their child abuse because the statute of limitations was only 12 months. That's it, hun. We're starting a cult. We're just doing it. <laughs> what cult would we start, though? This one. This right here. <laughs> Everyone who's listening, you're now under our control. Apparently, I'm the Grand Poobah. <laughs> or the Grand Woofus? No, no. I... Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, they were able to charge some members with social security fraud, but, you know, that's kind of just a drop in the bucket for yeah. what they should Ugh. be able to do. Um, it is believed that some family members are still in operation today, although there have been no new members since the 1980s. Wow. So, they're old now. 
like they're really old now. Well, but are, they can't still be alive. Some of them are, yeah. No, I mean the two main assholes. Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Uh, so in 1995, Sarah wrote a book called Unseen, Unheard, Unknown, My Life in the Family of Anne Hamilton Byrne. Unfortunately, Sarah, died, Sarah tragically died in 2016 from health complications of a suicide attempt in 2008. No. So that made me sad. That was one heck of a suicide attempt if it left like this. Yeah, I don't know what happened. No, it's just a bad, that's a real bad, like they must have just saved her or whatever happened, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so sad. That is sad, yeah. I mean, I get it, living through that. No, sure, but I mean, oh, that's sad. Yeah. Less sad, Bill Byrne died in 2001. Go fuck yourself. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See ya, Billy. (laughs) Yeah, and in 2004, Anne was diagnosed with dementia and moved into a care facility. (laughs) And on June 18th, 2019, Anne died while in palliative care at the age of 98. I mean, so if you started off nutty as fuck, what do you think she was like with dementia? (laughs) Maybe she turned nice? I I don't know. (laughs) I I really don't know. Like, I'm not sure. But it just makes me, it's one of those things that makes me mad that there was like no justice in this episode. And I didn't know that when I started. It sounded interesting when I started. Yeah, Uh, so she died, she died a 98 year old demented millionaire. Yeah, multi-million, yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Well, when I was doing research on cults in Australia, I had two to choose from. I had this one, and then I had one where the guy also believed that he was Jesus. Uh, that's cult 101. Yeah. yeah, that's cult 101. So, <laughs> I thought this one, this one had both. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it had all the elements. It had the crazy plastic Barbie. It had, you know, Doomsday. Mm-hmm. It had Jesus. It had not ta- <laughs> It had not talking with the outside world. It had, oh, we're the awesome elite group. Only certain people can be with us. Yeah. You know, like every cult does that. Yeah, they they really do. It's like, like I'd love to have a, a cult leader walkathon and just be like, be like, all the cult leaders who are claiming they're reincarnated Jesus make all the idiots try and walk on like water filled with sharks. <laughs> <laughs> be like, so the one who's actually Jesus will walk on the water and not be eaten by the Australian great white sharks. But <laughs> <laughs> go and start. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Everyone thinks they're Jesus, but no one wants to actually be Jesus. I think I'm Jesus. I might be. Really? No. <laughs> Good. I was about to, I was giving you the look like, like, seriously? Like, really? No. You're saying that right now? Like, what no. is this? Um, Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, members that are still alive manage the group's business interests, which have been combined into a charity called Life for All Creatures. Oh. Yeah. So there's there's still people up and running. They're really old though, so hopefully they kick the bucket soon or or maybe somebody shoots them. I don't know. Okay, well, it's <laughs> a little extreme for some from some cult followers that are really old, but Yeah, but yeah. the they abuse children. Yeah. So I mean, there has to be some justice. Yeah, I know. Either way, so long story short, a plastic woman decided to essentially kidnap and abuse children while calling herself Jesus Christ, and people just went with it. As they do. As they do. (laughs) Every single time. 
Thanks for listening to our podcast. Our next episode will be out March 15th. Check out our website, bondingovermurder.info, to find out where you can listen to us. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at Bonding Over Murder Podcasts for updates and new episode info. Until next time. Bye. Bye.